Welcome to Behind the Idea. I'm Mike Taylor, and today I have a special guest, Jorge Robles. Or, for those of you who don't speak Spanish, he said his name is George Oaks. That's the translation. So, oh, like Oak the Tree. He's a Seeking Alpha finance professional based in Madrid, and he hosts the Due Diligence podcast, although that's in Spanish, so you can look it up, but make sure uh, that if you're a Spanish speaker, speaker, you go ahead and check it out. Uh, today, Jorge is here to discuss his recent Seeking Alpha Pro Plus top idea about Jim Group PLC, and the title is Reaching an Inflection Point That Would Unveil Its Real Earnings Power. Jorge sees Jim Group as well-situated to capitalize on growth in the low-cost gym market and undervalued relative to the scope of the opportunity. So before we dive into the weeds of his idea, I'll mention that Behind the Idea is brought to you by Seeking Alpha Pro Plus. Pro Plus delivers the best research and analysis Seeking Alpha has to offer. Subscribers to Pro Plus get an exclusive first look at ideas like Jorge's gym group thesis and other Seeking Alpha top ideas, as well as real-time alerts to other actionable ideas and exclusive research offerings. To check out Pro Plus for 30 days for free, go to seekingalpha.com slash proplus. That's seekingalpha.com slash P-R-O-P-L-U-S. Finally, disclosure on positions. I have no positions in Jim Group, and Jorge is long Jim Group. Okay, welcome, Jorge. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Thanks for joining. I'm really excited to talk about this idea. So to kick us off, let's just give a broad strokes outline of your thesis. What is the Jim Group's business model, what's its advantages, and what's the investment opportunity here? Okay, so just introduce, introduce the, the idea. Gym Group is, is the second largest low-cost fitness club operator in the, in the UK, okay? And it will roughly have uh, 175 fitness clubs in under operation by the end of, of this year, okay? And basically like the, the company at this price for several reasons, okay? Basically, the, the business model is uh, very attractive, okay, since they can deploy capital at uh, plus 20% return on, on a unit level basis, okay. I put emphasis in, in, the, in the unit level basis return, okay, so uh, your listeners do not confuse that with the whole company, okay. In terms of the growth profile of the, of the company, the company has been growing very fast in the in the last years and it will add something around 15 to 20 sites per year in the coming years okay so uh, pretty strong growth coming ahead and uh, one of the points that i like the companies that and i put that in in the title of the of the article is that it's uh, it's reaching an inflection point in the the sense that the company it's becoming self-funded okay so uh, I believe at this point in the in the cycle is a very good trade for a company to to be you know to be self-funding the in the sense that they do not rely on the on the capital markets okay nor nor equity nor debt so the the guys can can fund the whole growth of the company uh, without uh, needing any further debt okay an additional point to the to the thesis is that this is uh, I would say a countercyclical business okay so this is a uh, another good trade to for the company to have in in this late time of the of the cycle 
And uh, finally, one one of the key things that I try to to focus on when when researching a company is that the management is is well aligned with with shareholders, okay? And they and they they deployed capital in in a very intelligent way. So I believe with with all those points, the company is currently offering a very attractive uh, risk reward opportunity, okay? At this current price, and it offers something around a ten percent plus yield. Uh, free cash flow yield. Okay, so uh, I believe it's it's a very interesting opportunity right now. Great. Yeah, let's dive into some of these uh, particulars of your thesis. You mentioned uh, you mentioned that it's growing very fast and that it can deploy capital at a twenty percent return at a unit level basis. Mm-hmm. One of the questions that you kind of have to ask for any opportunity like this is you know, when when will that return be realized for investors as opposed to, you know, growth capex kind of consuming some of the uh, the free cash flow yield? How What do you see as kind of the pivot point there? How, how yeah, what do you see as the pivot point? Yeah, the companies uh, right now, in, in as you said, in, in a tipping point in which uh, free cash flow after growth, I mean, after capex for for expanding the, the business, this free cash flow is, is becoming uh, positive, okay? So positive after mm-hmm. funding that growth. So this is a very important thing. Uh, as I said, this this would make the company not uh, do not rely on capital markets. But as you said, and as the company matures, it will start showing huge amounts of free cash flow since uh, the growth is going to be uh, slowing down and they will not have to to keep reinvesting so much money into into the into the business okay and there's another another point in the business model that it's important to note and it's one of the reasons why the company is currently under earning and it's the fact that the business uh, when whenever you open a site you uh, you have to wait at least uh, 24 months to see that site at full steam, if you will, okay? So, uh, you know, the company has currently 175 sites, but only 100 bit more are on a mature phase, okay? So yeah. this is this is uh, why the company is not showing up the full potential of the, of, the, of the business, okay? Let's talk about that a little bit, the sort of startup cycle for, so, Gym Group operates gyms, and from what I understand, it's kind of analogous to a Planet Fitness in the U.S. It's a low-cost business model that primarily offers to customers the opportunity to a low-hassle, very flexible schedule, and a low price point. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk, I think one of the great things about your article was your description of sort of on the unit level, the cycle between sort of the startup costs associated with starting a new a location and then how it reaches what you just described as this sort of maturity point where it starts spinning off a lot more cash. So how does that cycle work? Where do you start with a new location and then how does it ramp up into that yeah. sort of ideal situation? Okay, yeah. For the listeners that follow Planet Fitness, Gym Group is basically the same business model in in I mean, in, in, on a unit level basis, okay. But it's important to know that uh, Gym Group operates the 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 sites, okay. But this compares to the Planet Fitness, which is uh, which franchises, okay. 
and regarding the 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 cycle of, of a business uh, of a of a new opening okay of a new club basically you have to put up front something around 1.3 to 1.5 million to put the the gym up and running okay so you find a place and you put this uh, capex to to uh, fit out the the the, the space okay and uh, well after that you will have and this is very similar across all the all the chains you will have something like a seven year cycle okay in which uh, for the first four years you will have just to put a little money uh, to to maintain the the space but on year 5 and year 7 you'll have to to replace your equipment okay on year 5 you will probably have to replace the the uh, cardio equip equipment and then on year 7 the 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 weighting or the strength and equipment okay and uh, this maintenance capex will be something around 5 to 7% of sales compared to to the depreciation that the first initial capital expenditure shows in the in the in the financial statement which will be something around 18 percent of the sales okay so one could could by now say that most of the of the of the heavy capex is is in the first first year or the, or the startup phase of the of the club okay and uh, in terms of of the maturity of of each club it basically takes uh, something around 24 months to reach the full maturity okay and this would leave margins in term in FDA margins of uh, something around plus 40 percent okay in terms of uh as for as for gym group that would be 45 percent FDA. i i would like to make clear that this is on a unit level basis okay since uh it's important to note that this that does not take into account you know co administrative costs or any it capex that you have to put into the business to to keep uh, everything up and running okay so I guess one one thing I'm curious about is the growth story here. Why why has Gym Group been growing so quickly? Why has it been expanding so fast? And where is the limit on, on that mm -hmm. opportunity? Well, Gym Group started out back in 2008, okay, and they they were the first movers in in the UK, and you know they they have the advantage of being the first play in in, in the market so this uh, save time for them but then they uh, they keep growing very fast and actually in the last two years they uh, accelerate growth through through m a and as i said at the beginning the the company has been adding something around 15 to 20 sites per per year and this, this is just organic growth but on 2017 18 they decided to to acquire to change uh, lifestyle and, and easy gym to accelerate growth. Okay, it is true that this uh, capital decision was a strategic one. Okay, uh, since uh, the return on capital for those acquisitions was lower than the organic ones, but uh, I believe it makes sense to 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 accelerate growth and to maintain uh, this uh, second position in the market since the scale is very important and. I believe consolidating the market and gaining market share is uh, is an important trade for for uh, a gene chain in, in the low cost industry. So I believe they they, they took the right path and there's there's still room uh, to grow ahead. I don't like to to focus on what 
any kind of advisors said in terms of what the the market could on or how much the market could grow. But uh, it's true that they report that Price Waterhouse Coopers released a report in which uh, they believe that the market in the low cost uh, sector for in the UK could double by 2026. Okay, I I do not put that in into account in my my evaluation in my forecast. I believe that the market is has room to grow and, and to grow, and we are not seeing any kind of pricing pressure or any kind of oversupply in the market. I don't know if uh, you know prices is uh, price waterhouse is is uh, correct in in his uh, forecast, but uh, of course I believe that there's room ahead to grow and the company is still adding 15 to 20 sites and it does not seem that they are uh, you know burning cash or deploying capital at low at low rates. Okay, so uh, I believe this this is uh, a trend that will have at least uh, three three more years. Why is this such an incredible opportunity? It seems so obvious. Is this a new business model? Where does the low-cost gym business model come from? Do we need to be concerned that this is something that comes and goes in terms of consumer preferences? Or how do you think about that piece of it? It just seems like this really great, model where you can build out scale up and you can spread your marketing and other administrative costs over a bunch of locations that create some scale advantage and then on the unit level it looks like a very attractive opportunity but it seems like a very simple idea so where are the competitors and where why hasn't this why is this coming up now as kind of an opportunity yeah, I mean, I, I agree with with everything you said, and and as I as I put in my my article, I mean, this is not the best business in the world. Okay, so it's a capital intensive business. It's a business with uh, in which none of the players show a real competitive advantage in terms of how they invest the the capex. Okay, so there's whenever you you uh, you look to a low cost model. Okay, the most important thing is to have a, a capital expenditure advantage okay and and i check out uh, basic fit planet fitness uh, pure gym uh, of course gym group and i believe that there's no real advantage other than uh, scale okay and uh, you know as as you said the model is basically a model in which uh, you know you start out with with uh, with a site and you roll up the strategy and and uh, keep growing your your chain to, to gain scale. It's it's true that it's uh, it could sound sound uh, like like a very simple business, but I would say that for example, Basic Fit, which is the the European uh, key player with a very uh, high market share in in Europe, has decided not to to enter the UK market. Okay, and they have more scale than Pure Gym and, and Gym Group, which are the the key players in the UK. And this could help, uh, you know, to understand that once someone is, you know, has gained capillarity in the in the region, it's very hard for for any other players to to compete with them. Okay, so as I said, I believe this is not the best business in the world. As as you mentioned, is it could be uh, easy to 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 replicate on a unit level basis, but once you get scale, it's not so easy to uh, to compete against them. And in 
in particular with with Jim, I believe there are two two points to to highlight here. I mean, the company has no has almost no debt, okay, and this is uh, key because uh, once you have to deal with uh, the landlords to to compete head to head with other players for for buildings, uh, well, you're more reliable uh, reliable uh, player since you don't have uh, you have almost no debt and you're uh, a listed player, okay, and this compares to, for example, Pure Gym, which is uh, four times FDA levered, okay. And um, the other thing is that the company has been gaining scale, and uh, through time they have they have built kind of experience in terms of cost efficiencies, okay. So once you start out reaching scale, you can offer some value propositions that someone with with uh, no scale cannot offer for example the company has now launched a new membership type which is called uh, live it in which they basically uh, allow their members to to uh, use the multi-site option okay in which they they can go to the gym closest to their home and also the gym closest to to their work and so on so uh you know i believe this this is how the models work and it's it's hard for for anyone to to compete head to head with with Jing Group, okay? I keep coming back to this idea of this seven seven year cycle where they need to replenish their equipment, sort of start over on some level at least. And you mentioned a three year time frame at least where you thought that the market would be relatively in equilibrium, or I guess that's how I interpreted what you said. How should investors think about the time frame of this opportunity? Do you believe it's a shorter term or is this a, a long-term hold for you? Especially given what you said that, you know, the business model is somewhat vulnerable to replication or entrance. And I, these, these cycles and the time frames you're discussing make me sort of wonder a little bit more about how you think about the investment. Mm-hmm. So you know, to be clear, to be clear, this is not a compounder. Okay, I mean, uh, first of all, because the company, the company's growth is capped for for the UK market. Okay, and actually, it would be a very bad sign to see the company going and deploying capital in other in other countries. Okay, since <laughs> part of the of the advantage comes from scale. So um, you know, part of the of the of the time frame thesis or or the the holding period for for investors is to think that this is this is a company that has still has room to grow okay in the next at least for the next three uh, four years but um, at the end it will you're operating in a in a mature market okay the penetration level for the fitness uh uh, marketing in UK is something around uh, 15%. Okay, and this is uh, mature compared to to other uh, countries. And uh, it's true that the low cost business model could could keep growing. Actually, the the traditional players have been flat for for the last uh, years, and the low cost model has been growing and gaining market share. And this could, as I said, this this could this could be a, a counter cyclical business in which potential downturn coming. In the next few years could help the business model to even keep gaining market share okay but uh since you have the cap of the of the market 
this this would not be a, a compounder for for uh, you know ten years. So you you should think of uh, this investment as you know whenever it reaches uh, your your target prices or it's close to that, you should think to to start investing. Uh, it's a little bit refreshing to hear someone say that an opportunity is not a compounder. That's, that's kind of nice, actually. These days, that's not always the what's in style. Uh, so more of just a straight-up value cash flow opportunity and a market mispricing. Uh, so you mentioned that in your article that Jim Group has never closed a single site. What's your What's the reason for mentioning that particular fact. well yeah, that's that's true okay and uh, for the listeners to know i i published the article before h1 results and actually after h1 results uh, <laughs> the company said that they closed at two sites okay so this this does no 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 oh no, no, that, there, no there's nothing to worry and i'll explain in a minute okay <laughs> okay we shouldn't throw out the thesis okay <laughs> look this sounds worrisome but but it is not and and the the, the and actually, it was kind of impressive that um, there were kind of 20 questions from the analysts after the in the Q and A session for the for the H1 results, and nobody asked for for this. Okay, and the point is that they closed two sites, but these two sites were legacy sites acquired from lifestyle and ECG acquisition back in 2017 and 18. Uh, okay? okay, and the point is that they had kind of a free option if you will okay so uh you know when they uh negotiate the the deal with with lifestyle lifestyle they said okay we don't like this this gym because uh, it is in a place already crowded and actually the gym is the gym side the, the site is is losing money so um, the guys from lifestyle said okay you can take it you, of course you you would not pay anything for it so you can play it as a free option since uh, there's uh, remain the remaining uh, rental is just for five years. So you can you can uh, you know refurbish, put your logo in it, and try to to turn it around. But you know they tried for eleven months and they finally decided to close it. This is uh, something that when I see it that the first time I said, "Whoa, <laughs> this is not a good sign." But then you know okay. I uh, put the focus on it and understand that that was that was the the reason why they closed it. And actually, give you it gives you a sense on how difficult it is to compete. Okay, even for Gym Group, when when you know when there are other players already established. Okay, that's that's important to 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 think about it, and and uh, you know it gives kind of a sense of what could happen to any other players coming to try to to compete against Gym. That was that was part of the <laughs> of the H one results and. You know, as I said, my surprise came when nobody in uh, in the conference call asked on that particular point. Yeah, go ahead. So when when you say that the closures give you a sense of the difficulty competing, do you mean when there's already a gym in a specific location, or did you mean something else? Yes, that's right. I mean, when there's a gym in a specific location, you have to, you know, put prices down and try and, you know, putting prices down when the gym already is about 15 or even 10 pounds per month. If someone is uh, okay with, with the site and, and uh, with the fitness club and, you know, you lower your price 10% to, to 9 pounds, well, maybe 
this guy is not going to change in gym. So, right. uh, and as the time goes by, you start, I mean, you're bleeding red ink and you're losing money very heavily. So, you know, it's not, it's not easy for someone to, to go and not, not if you have uh, debt in, in the balance sheet. So, you know, that's, that's why I mentioned that. Right. Right. I also thought that the balance sheet, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but that it affects the negotiations with landlords. I thought that was a really interesting aspect of mm-hmm. uh, competitive advantage. On a similar level, you mentioned that a competitor, Pure Gym, is private equity owned and therefore less likely to compete on price. Can you tell us why a private equity owned gym might be less like? I just thought that was a really interesting angle. Can you walk us through that? Yes, I mean, Pure Gym, which is the largest uh, low-cost player in, in the UK, is owned by, by a private equity firm. And the company is already four to five times net debt to EBITDA lever. If you think about how these private equity firms uh, work, you should acknowledge that they have, uh, they have uh, a time frame of uh, something around five to seven years, okay? If you have to to deliver to to deliver the company, you have to keep you know growing your your cash flows. It seems a bit silly for for someone like uh, Pure Gym and from for the private equity to start, for example, a, a price war or to start opening sites and deploying the free cash flow into growth in sites where you're gonna compete head to head with with Gym Group. So, you know. At the end of the day, they will have to do, to divest in the next five years. So um, the most uh, intelligent or reasonable uh, strategy for them to, to follow is to deliver the company and keep using their, their cash to, to being able to sell the company in five years at a very reasonable price, you know, and, uh, you know, starting a price war or, or uh, uh, deploying CapEx uh, with... Uh, in, in competitive uh, locations, it would just it would be a, a bad way to deploy capital and to you know they, they would not get right. uh, a very good valuation if if uh, five years from now they would show a, a business case in which the company is right. currently in a fight with the second yeah, player. That was so. just an interesting angle. I feel like that might be applicable to other situations in different ways. There's a private equity player. It just sort of affects. It's interesting how that private equity transaction sort of ripples throughout the entire industry and the entire competitive playing field. You mentioned in your article also that, and we already talked about H2 earnings a little bit and the unfortunate closure of these two legacy target gyms, which we 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 think is okay. But you mentioned that that those those earnings, which came out after your report came out, would could serve as a potential catalyst. Did that happen? And what's your interpretation of the the results? Well, the company, the share price is up five percent since they published results. So clearly, there's there's no, you know, there's there's no uh, big move in in the markets for for now. What I mean in the in the article is that the company is going through an inflection point, and it will start to show up the all the potential in terms of the the profit, profitability of the business okay so for this year onwards the company would be uh, self funded okay so they will not rely 
on on capital markets anymore and they will start showing positive free cash flow okay and as i said before the fact that the percentage of gyms uh, entering or being in, in a mature stage uh, compared to prior years would be very high okay it would be something around 80% that would make the company stop or or uh, start showing this this uh, profit potential in in their in their income statement okay and the cash flow statement it's important to know that the company nowadays screens very bad okay since you if you take a look to the to the free cash flow multiple or, or the earnings multiple the company seems to be very highly priced but but it is not if you take a look to the what warren buffett calls uh, owner earnings or or the free cash flow the real free cash flow okay before uh, funding your growth and uh yeah i believe the the market would would start to consider the big free or or the 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 real potential of the business and it will start uh, to screen uh, at least decently on on uh, the screens uh, of of investors but uh, we'll see we'll see what what they report in, in in the full year and how they how they uh, keep performing so it sounds a little bit like the market's not fully appreciating the potential here although you say also that it screens rather poorly I'm just thinking of Planet Fitness here in the U.S., which I think has some sort of premium attached to it based on that, you know, investors know about it. It's sort of a more salient name. Is that Mm -hmm. not as much of a factor for Jim Group? Or what do you think? Well, you know, Planet Fitness is a completely different business model. You know, since they franchise, they they get the royalties. And, you know, I believe that even though they... uh, operate in the same uh, business if you will because they are a low cost operator uh, uh, they are low cost uh, in the low cost uh, fitness industry the business model is very very different okay so i believe there nice. you cannot compare it on a to to the gym group okay an additional point it would be that uh, you know sometimes uh, investors focus on on this kind of uh, you know macro things like brexit that is now on, on every single headline and uh, this could as well you know be something that whenever I, I try to to uh, talk about this company people uh, say okay well what about brexit so you know yeah that's my next question let's get there <laughs> oh <laughs> okay so you know to be honest I don't spend much time thinking about uh, how could brexit affect okay since I believe that even if you tell me now what would be the outcome, the, the outcome here, okay, you say, okay, this is going to be a remain or this is going to be a hard Brexit. I I am not quite sure uh, how this is going to impact uh, Jim, okay? Because if you think about a hard Brexit, okay, this could even be positive for, for Jim Group, okay? Since, you know, people will not, start, not stop working out and exercising just because of Brexit, okay? So and this could trigger, you know, people going and, and uh, signing out from from traditional sites and traditional fitness clubs and going to, to gym. So, you know. They'll have to get stronger. <laughs> if they're going to move the, the whole UK out of the EU, that's going to take a lot of... Yeah. You have to do some bicep curls first before you can make that happen. It's true. But, um, you know, the company has, uh, you know, analysts has already uh, asked for that in the conference call and they said that they've been stockpiling 
equipment from from Europe and and you know the the, the equipment suppliers uh, Matrix, which is a Asian based fitness equipment supplier. So you know they are prepared for it. But you know to be honest, if you have a gym group in your portfolio, a diversified portfolio with 10% exposure to the UK, you're do, you're gonna be you're gonna do well, you know, in the long term mm-hmm. if you keep adding these kind of situations. And that's it. So, what realistically does constitute a major risk to your thesis? Do you think? Well, it could be a uh, you know irrational competition. You know, uh, capitalism is mm-hmm. quite aggressive, and you you never know who's gonna start deploying capital. On a silly way, or or someone, <laughs> you know, even uh, for example, you know, uh, Pure Gym could start uh, to to open gyms in in the same places that Gym Group, and you know, you will start to to lose members. And this, since this is a hundred percent fixed cost business, you will start losing money quite fast. Okay, that's one of the of the weak uh, the weak points of of the of the business model. You know, at uh, some level of members, you break even. Above that, you make a lot of money, but below that, you start uh, suffering losses. So, uh, well, I believe this is capitalism. Irrational capitalism could 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 be a a real danger. Fair enough. Okay, uh, Jorge, I think that's all I have in terms of my questions. Do you have any final takeaways for our listeners? No, just uh, wanted to say thank you, and actually uh, would like to say uh, thank you as well to to Adrian Hernandez, who is a Signal Alpha contributor, and he helped me out with with the research, and uh, you know he's a very good business analyst, and so just wanted your your listeners to to recommend to to follow him as well. I will also follow him. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's great. Yeah, and listeners also. Spanish-speaking listeners, check out the Due Diligence <laughs> podcast. From what I hear, it's uh, it touches on some similar themes. If you like behind the idea, and you also habla español, then check it out. And uh, yeah, that's great. We do have some international listeners, so this is not just going into a complete void. For <laughs> Go ahead, we'll plug that for you as well. Great. Subscribe to that on iTunes. And uh, yeah, that's it. Remember to check out Seeking Alpha Pro Plus, seekingalpha.com slash P-R-O-P-L-U-S. And thank you again, Jorge. Okay, thank you. Bye.